afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living. You know, William James once said, acceptance of what has happened is the first step to overcoming the consequences of any misfortune. Moliere said, the greater, ob- the greater the obstacle, the more glory in the overcoming it. Christ said, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Sri Guru Granth Sahib says, meeting the true Guru, we are shown the way to die. Remaining alive in this death brings joy deep within. Overcoming egotistical pride, the tenth gate is found. Marcus Aurelius said, Thou must be like a promontory of the sea, against which, though the waves beat continually, yet it both itself stands, and about it are those swelling waves, stilled and quieted. You know, each one of us has had challenges to overcome, and some of these challenges have made the word challenges sound like a euphemism. Some of them have been a monumental, pivotal, and life-changing. But in order for the life to change, the challenge had to be overcome. Today, we're going to talk about overcoming, and our guest has come to help us understand what it means to overcome. Lynn Clapel is the author of four books, Overcomers Incorporated, True Stories of Hope, Courage, and Inspiration, and the topic of our discussion today, Secrets to the S- Surviving His Job Loss, His Job Loss, Web Wonder Women, and Who Am I to Write a Book? Overcomers was written as a result of her own personal crisis in which three family members and a friend all had cancer at the same time. She's also the host of two radio shows, Book Bites Talk Radio and Web Sorority Talk Radio, which bring inspirational interviews to writers and women business owners. Prior to becoming an author, Clapel worked in healthcare administration and corporate training and is a certified career coach. Welcome, Lynn, and thank you for being on the show today. Oh, thank you, Andrea. I'm so happy to be with you today. All right. Well, we're going to talk about overcoming, and I will want to hear about some of the stories in your book, but first I want to sort of get from you a definition, if you will, of what it means to overcome. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question because it's a word we kind of throw around to lots of different people and in lots of different situations. In my opinion, overcoming is any time in your life when you face something that keeps you up at night, that worries you, that's a big challenge, and you come out on the other side of it stronger and more positive. Okay. So it's, it, it, you notice it first inside yourself then, right? You mm-hmm. notice it because you feel different. Yes. Okay. Okay. doesn't necessarily mean the circumstances have changed. No, or that it, it's magically gone away. Right. Okay. I think that's a real important distinction because... That, to me, is a more sort of feminine, if you will. I use Carl Jung's term for that very loosely because I think it draws all kinds of associations. But the idea of the feminine archetype is that we receive things, we accept things, we, we create things, we, uh, you know, that kind of thing, whereas the masculine archetype is we put things out, we go outside of ourselves, we, and we need both. We need to be able to do both. We need to be able to internalize as well as externalize, but... I think for so many of us, the idea of overcoming is the masculine archetype in which we conquer and win and get victory and, you know, we change our circumstances and that's the only way we know for sure that we've overcome. Would you agree with that? I think that's what first comes to mind to people. And I know lots of people who achieve that. You know, they lose all their money and they build themselves back up or they go through a terrible divorce, and they find the courage to find love again. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's admirable. But you're also an overcomer when you can deal with a situation with courage and grace, even if the situation isn't going to get better. Right, right. Okay. So some things in our lives must be accepted, and, and, and part of overcoming is that acceptance process. Then. Yes. Well, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about how it is that you came to write the book, Overcomers Incorporated. Well, as you kind of mentioned in your introduction, last spring I was having a terrible time. My dad, my mom, my younger brother, and my best friend all had cancer at the same time. 
and it was really stressful for me to know, you know, do I go to Florida? Do I go to Montana? Do I go to Minnesota? Do I stay where I live? How can I help all these people at once? And my brother in particular had to sit in chemotherapy sessions for almost eight hours. I was thinking, man, I wish I had a book I could send him. I looked at my books, and I knew he would hate all of them because they're kind of girly books, and he's a manly man. So I thought, you know, somebody should write an updated Chicken Soup of the Soul that's got some really good short stories that would just be positive and uplifting. And I thought, well, I could do that. And that's where the idea was born. Okay. All right. So are your family members any better now? Well, we've had kind of mixed results. My mom and my best friends are in remission, and we're really thankful for that. My brother's not doing very well, and my dad went to heaven. Okay, okay. Well, certainly that hasn't taken away from the from the acceptance process that you're having to go through. Um, so, you know, we're going to send you some energy for that. Oh, thank you. But in the meantime, what you have is a beautiful message for all of us that, that is all about how we overcome. So would you like to share some of the stories that you've put forth in the book that have to do with overcoming? Oh, I'd love to. You know, this book is a book of real diversity. I was lucky enough to find people from all over the United States, from different walks of life, different ages, different races, uh, men and women. But one of my all-time favorite stories is Mary's story. It's the very first one in the book. Mary was a little girl who wanted to be an astronaut, and she worked really hard all the way through high school and was accepted into the Air Force Academy in the second class that ever accepted women. So it was huge. She was doing great. Everything was going along fine. She was on her way to meeting her goal of becoming an astronaut when she had an injury to her knee. She had some routine surgery, but unfortunately, the physician had a brain tumor, and he didn't know it, and he made a terrible mistake and gave her the wrong medication, which almost killed her, and she spent the next 25 years in and out of hospitals. She became paralyzed. She lost all of her internal organ functions. She had a very rough time. But she was able to continue and find some good in her life because she had lots of people supporting her. And one of those people said, you know, Mary, you got to set a really big goal. And every day he'd come to her hospital room and make her set a bigger goal until finally she said, okay, my goal is to go up Pike's Peak on my own two legs. And wouldn't you know it, she did it. It took her 25 years. She learned to walk again, and she actually jogged up Pike's Peak. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. And it was her courage and the willingness to just kind of let herself be in that process for 25 whole years that got her there. Yeah, she had an incredible faith and spiritual core to her that really helped her hold on. Wow, that's amazing. You know, I I was just... um, talking to the one of the people that works in my building, uh, in my office, and he was saying, you know, he asked me if I was really busy in my practice, and I said, yeah, I really am. And he said, yeah, there's a lot of people that are unemployed right now. And I, was, and I said, yep, I'm really lucky. And as the words came out of my mouth, I was thinking, you know, it, it, we have what we have. We have what we have. And that's a really big part of the whole process of overcoming is accepting where we are as well as moving toward the future sort of simultaneously. Boy, that is so true. Whenever we're faced with something that's challenging, it's our natural inclination to push it away and say, I don't want this. I don't want this problem or difficulty or illness. And it's not until we get to that point where we say, I don't want it, but I have it. What am I going to do about it that we can start to move forward? Yep, yep. And that story you just told reminds me of, 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 of the story of Joni um, back in the 70s yes. and the 80s. Yes. Who was a paraple- quadriplegic, actually, mm-hmm. who um, dove into the water and, you know, broke her spine and was not able to uh, move after that and became a painter. She paints with her mouth. And, and, uh, and her whole struggle, the books that she wrote about her struggle, have to do with overcoming the idea that she might just want to die, just check out, no, I can't live with this. 
uh, and then all the way into a really se- successful life and, and her marriage and all of that. So, yeah, it's, it is amazing the, the spirit that we have to just keep on keeping on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's a beautiful story. So you want to tell another one just before we go for the commercial break? Oh, sure. I want to tell you about... Uh an interesting story of somebody that didn't have a problem herself, but it happened to her family member. One of the women in the book had a brother who was accused of murdering his wife. The wife disappeared. They never found the body. Um, And so the authorities thought the husband got rid of her. And he maintained his innocence all along. His entire family was subjected to wiretappings, to being followed by the FBI. It was really difficult. And all their old relationships with their ex-in-laws got very, very, very difficult. Small town. So the woman who wrote the story wrote about forgiveness and how difficult it was to see her brother convicted sent to prison, all the while believing that he was innocent, and he, he was innocent, but he was able to forgive and build a new life in prison. So she was finally able to forgive and let go and move on with her life as well. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. And forgiveness is definitely one of those overcoming processes, and we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
And we're back today talking with Lynn Coppell. This show is brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology, a school that is built to help you fulfill your dreams, to help yourself and your world. And, you know, the college has changed to an interfaith institution now that offers the same courses um, with a lot more ingenuity about how they're being offered. So check them out at www.aiht.edu. So we're talking with Lynn Clapel today about her book, Overcomers Incorporated, and uh, we have heard just a couple of the stories that are in her book that offer some hope and courage about overcoming. Um, and I, I guess one of the things we want to understand is what kind of coping mechanisms really work for people. Oh, Andrea, I'm so glad you asked that because as I was putting these stories together, I started noticing some common themes that all of the different people used. And they're in no particular order. So one of the things everybody did was they turned to whatever their spiritual practices were, whether that was church attendance, reading, yoga, meditation, time in nature. They did more to feed their soul. They also reached out to other people. You know, when we're in times of trouble, it's so easy to just retreat into our cave and become very isolated. But the people who can successfully overcome a challenge reach out to others either for help or in service. Some of the people here started volunteering, or they just made it a point to be more friendly to others, and that gave them a lift. And the third thing they all did was they reached that point that I call the point of disgust, you know, where they looked at their situation, and one day they just put their foot down and said, this is not going to ruin my life. I'm going to figure out a way to get around this or get through it. And that decision is what really made them successful. Yep. Yep. All comes down to choice, doesn't it? It really does. Well, you said some really important things there. One of those is, you know, when you, you make each one of those things is making a choice. When you do more to find your soul, that's a choice. When you reach out to to other people, that's a choice. And when you get to that point of disgust or what I call sick and tired of being sick and tired, um, it, 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 those are all choices. And, and we, we have to be able to find something within ourselves to make that choice. And what we tend to want to do, I'm, I'm sure you know, is we tend to want to fall back on the old patterns, which may or may not be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a therapist, I see all, all kinds of ineffective coping mechanisms from alcoholism to um, just not getting up in the morning, uh, and those the, those have to do with choice as well. But we don't recognize that. We tend to feel that we're helpless victims of random circumstances a lot, don't we? We do. So the secret would be okay. F- doing more to feed the soul. Can you give us some examples of how some people how people might do more to feed the soul? Oh, yes. Um, Journaling is great. Just getting a notebook or a diary and writing about your feelings will really help drain off some of the emotion and let you begin to look more logically at your situation. Reading uplifting books is another way you can get in touch with your soul and put more positiveness into your thinking. Singing is great doesn't have to be spiritual music. It can be any kind of music that makes you feel good. Singing and dancing does something to you, and it just makes you feel better. And, of course, whatever religious practices you have, just do it more. If you like to attend church, be sure you're doing that, and that church feeds your soul. If you like to meditate, do it some more. But any spiritual strength that you have, just increase the the time that you spend in doing it, and it'll really strengthen you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the key word there is like. I think we can get into religious habits and even meditation that is kind of rote, and we do it because we should, mm-hmm. not because we want, really want to, and, and the key word would be liking it there. So if you really like it, then yes, uh, do it. If not, if you don't really like it, that might be a time to do some soul-searching about what you really do like Yes, that would be more effective for you. Yeah, those are great suggestions. You know, one of the things you said there that I think is, is is kind of, it's both a wonderful idea and also uh, causes lots of confusion is the whole idea of positive thinking. Um, uh, that that can that can we can sort of get into the idea that we can't ever think a negative thought, 
And when we do that, we tend to think of, we tend to repress uh, mm-hmm. some stuff that might need to, we might need to be aware of. So, so uh, when we're talking about positive thinking here, can you give some examples of what, what might be positive thinking? Well, you know, I look at more as what is your diet coming in? Are you watching CNN or doom and gloom news all day long? That's going to make you feel like the world is coming to an end. Are the movie choices and TV shows that you watch negative and dark, or are you watching comedies? Just being intentional about what you watch, listen to, and read will make a difference in your outlook. And still not give you the idea that, oh my gosh, I had a bad thought, I'm a bad person. Right. It's not about that. It's right. about what you're putting into yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And anything, anything you do all day is going to change your mood, for sure, whether it's, you know, um, jogging or, you know, thinking positive or thinking negative or, you know, watching terrible things on TV or whatever. It's going to, anything you do all day is going to change your mood. Every moment is one one moment behind the next moment, which means that a long string of moments can create a lot of uh, a lot of change in your attitude, either for the good or for the not so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Uh, that's definitely a, a way to to pay attention to how you're feeding yourself from your external environment. Pay attention to what what's going on out there. I think another thing would also be to pay attention to what kinds of self-messages you're giving yourself. What's, what's going on inside? What am, what am I saying to myself yes. about my life and about what's going on with, you know, uh, life in general? So if I say, you know, life sucks all day long, then I'm going to change my, my attitude for mm-hmm. the worse. And if I say that, well, this is a difficult time, but I've had other difficult times and I'll get through this, I got through those and I'll get through this, that's a whole other message. Oh, that is so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how we think does make a difference, but that doesn't mean that we're we're saying, you know, make sure you never think a negative thought because we do need to know what we are saying to ourselves that might be negative so that we can change it. So if we can't ever hear it, we can't ever change it. And you can't be a robot and just say, okay, I'm only going to think positively. That's not human. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay, and the other thing you said that I think is real important is you talked about being logical, more logical about your life circumstances, and I would say a logical objective, either one of those, are to, to be able to look at it with a more realistic eye is another way to sort of move out of real negative thinking about what's going on, because a lot of our negative thoughts, aren't they just um, uh, maybe repetitions of stuff we've always said to ourselves but don't even have any validity for the circumstance we're in now? Oh, yes. It gets like a a vicious tape in your head, and you just say the same thing over and over, and it's probably not true. Yep, yep, that's right, and that's that's the deal. Is how do we get to something a little bit closer to truth mm-hmm. um, in our in our assessments of what's really going on? Uh, you know, a small little thing for someone who thinks pretty uh, in negative terms. A small thing can set you off into a really bad pattern of thinking. Um, lots of times when I have people come into my office and they'll sit down and they say, well, I've been depressed for the past three days, and I'll go, okay, well, what happened three days ago? You know, what was the trigger? And when they can sort of peel that back and go, oh, well, my boss said that he wasn't going to eat that donut that I wanted to give him because he thought I was, he, it was going to make him gain weight, and that made me think that he thought that I was fat. Mm-hmm. It was a tiny little comment, but it got interpreted to mean something, and from then on, I just spiraled downward, you know. Yeah. So we can definitely pay attention to what those things are that are external to us that are coming in as triggers. And I love what you said about singing and dancing because I think that's so very true. I think there's um, lots of literature out there about how our voices do make a difference in how we feel. You've Obviously, you've read up on some of that mm-hmm. literature. Can you tell us more about that? Well, you know, there's just something about singing. I don't know. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I have a good friend who's a music therapist. And there's study after study that shows how healing music is and singing even more so. So if you have to do something really difficult, sing a goofy song while you're doing it. Or, you know, it's so funny. I used to listen to Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian, a while ago, I, we had this tape of his I always played in the car. 
and he had something in there about how moms always have to clean up the gross things at home. And here's mom singing, singing in the rain and cleaning up after the cat threw up. <laughs> so whenever I have to clean up something really gross at my house, I think of that and I sing singing in the rain and our whole family just laughs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And dancing is wonderful. I have to actually done that myself, alone in my house. Nobody's mm-hmm. watching me. Put on some really cool music, and I just dance to my by myself, and and it is so therapeutic and and so meditational. It really is because you stop having those repeating voices in your head saying how bad you are or what a loser you are when you're singing or dancing. Those voices quiet down. Yep, yep. Wonderful, great suggestions. Okay, so, all right, those are some of the ways that we can feed the soul. Um, reaching out, you, say, you talked about helping and serving others as also, and also just sort of being more friendly. Can you say some more about uh, what kinds of ways a person might go about trying to be more friendly first? But right after the break, we're going to have to take a break now. So we're going back to that question. We'll hear more from Lynn Capel on Overcomers Incorporated. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today with Lynn Clapel about her book, Overcomers Incorporated. And we said just before the break that we would talk a little bit about how a person might be able to begin to be more friendly as a way of reaching out to the world. What are some of the ways a person might be able to do that? Well, you know, it'll sound really simple and goofy, but smiling more is huge. The other thing you can do is look around for people in your environment that look stressed out and say a word of encouragement to them. I like to especially do this in the store 
when the checkout person has a long line and they just look like they're having the worst day, make some comment about the weather, their cute earrings, how busy they are, and talk to them as a person just for a moment. It takes no extra time. They will feel better, and so will you. Yep, yep, that's true. And and uh, also, when it comes to that reaching out thing, that can be not reaching out, can be a habit. We can sort of mm-hmm. get into our little cocoons of, of quietness and um, even sadness and stay there and stay sort of stuck there and not move beyond it. And that, that would not be overcoming. That would be saying, okay, I'm going to stay where I'm at. And that also, as we said earlier, is a choice. But uh, if you say, I'm going to um, reach out to other people, that doesn't mean going to a wild party if you're particularly shy. Yes. It just means uh, take it, being where you are and being more open and, and, and making the possible happen more. Some people can volunteer, and they find that to be very healing, but other people are so busy overcoming their issue that they don't really have time. So they think, oh, I can't reach out to others. I don't have time to go volunteer at the nursing home or work in a soup kitchen. But you always have time to make eye contact and smile and say a few words to someone. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. And that what that does is bring you closer to your world so you don't feel so isolated and alone in, in your sorrow or your grief or whatever it is that you're going through. Yeah, so, okay, let's talk a little bit about this point of disgust. Uh, how do people, what do you think it takes for a person to actually get to that point? Oh, you know, it, it's different for everybody. Um, sometimes they have to lose everything. There was a story in the book by a guy named Joshua, and he had everything. He b- made his own business with a partner, multi-million dollar business, had a beautiful wife, beautiful home, fancy car, had it all. He lost everything. He lost his relationship with his business, went bankrupt, his wife divorced him, lost the car, house repossessed. He had to move back in with his mom. And for him, losing everything had him finally get so mad about everything and trying to figure out what happened to my life. He finally realized that he was really greedy and everything he had wasn't good enough. He always wanted more, more, more. And that pursuit of more drove everybody away from him. And it wasn't until he hit rock bottom that he realized that about himself and he was able to get some help and rebuild a successful life. Yep, yep. And that self-realization is just critical. It's it just is. So critical. Yeah. In order to bring us all the way to overcoming, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's, you just have to know yourself because we lie to ourselves sometimes and think, oh, that's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks this way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that I think is that um, we go through the same stages of acceptance. We go through the same stages as the stages of grief when we're trying to get to acceptance. We, mm-hmm. You know, because the final stage of grief is acceptance. And, and denial is a part of that. It just is. Yeah. And, you know, we do have to acknowledge that there will probably be a time when we're going through some traumatic event that we're going to be in a little bit of denial, and it's pretty normal. We just don't want to stay stuck there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and so when you what you say is when somebody gets to that point of disgust, they've just finally said, "Okay, enough is enough already." Yeah. I can't be a victim anymore. Mm-hmm. I have to do something and look at this problem in my life to work around it somehow. Right. You know, one of the things that I've I think that I've seen over the years that gets people to that place is is having no other way, no place else to go. Yes. You know, we just have, we get sort of pinned in a corner and nobody's there to help us out of it. Nobody's enabling us to stay in denial. Nobody's fixing it for us. And we're just going to have to change. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what I think about that, and it sounds like you you are so on target with these uh, coping mechanisms, is that we just really have to, you know, what that means is that these these corners we find ourselves in are really some kind of blessing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all the people that were in this book took what happened to them and they turned it into something good. 
whether they started a new career helping others, whether they became a more compassionate person, whether they paid more attention to their health, they all used the, the wisdom that they gained in solving that problem to make their own life and the lives of other people better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and typically we have to get to someplace else before we can do that. Before we can start thinking about other people, we have to think about ourselves for a while and sort of lick our wounds a little bit yes. and, you know, move on. One of the things that um, Myla Kabat-Zinn said is, is each difficult moment has the potential to open my eyes and open my heart. And I think mm. that's what you're talking about here. Yes, that's beautiful. Yeah. Doesn't life sometimes become a whole lot richer after we've overcome something like that? I think so, because we're more grateful for the good things in our life, and we're also stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and more receptive to what already is around us. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many times we're, we're holding out for some, something to happen, and we're, we're actually making a bargain with the universe that says, I will not be happy until you give me this thing that I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but overcoming means being where you are and, and, and making some decisions, like you've said, to, to do more to feed the soul, to reach out, and to, and to finally make that decision that enough is enough already. So, okay, what, what um, encouragement, what encouragement can people offer to others who might be struggling? Oh, I think one of the most important messages is that no matter what's happening to you, you're not alone. There are people in this world who care about you and they want you to be happy. And if you can hold on to that, it will really help you, especially when you feel like you're the only one that this has ever happened to. Another message is that you're stronger than you think. If you're in the middle of a crisis, think about times in your life when you faced crisis before and you were able to cope with it. And know that there's resources and people who can help you get through this next crisis. Yeah. Yeah, and that whole idea goes back to you're not alone. Knowing that there's resources and people that can help you goes back to you're really not alone in this. Yeah. And that's a, that's a hard one, I think, for sometimes for some people, that, that the idea that I'm not really alone. Um, because when you can't sleep at 3 o'clock in the morning, you feel alone. Exactly. You feel cut off from everybody, and you think the only person in the world that's had a pain this deep is me. Mm-hmm. But that's not so. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other thing I see people do so, so often is to say, well, you know, I shouldn't be whining here because, I, you know, I'm not suffering as much as, you know, starving children in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that's not effective necessarily, although, I mean, I think it can help us get a little bit more perspective on our problems, but I think it's not necessarily effective because then we dismiss. Yeah. We discount what we're going through. In a way, it's almost easier when you have a horrible tragedy, and it's so big that you can't deny it. Yeah. Sometimes it's just as painful to look at something that would seem small, like um, a lot of weight or a diabetes, or a health issue that's chronic but not life-threatening, or a lot of debt. Those are difficulties, too, but they're not as dramatic as your house burning down mm-hmm. or as, you know, breaking your leg and, and having everything fall apart. Or a sudden loss. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and, and those things do. You're right. I think that's a very insightful statement you've made, that sometimes it, it is somehow more... Um, not easier really, but more cogent to go through something that's really traumatic than it is to go through something that's not because you really can say, wow, this is really bad. I'm going through something here. And that makes you focus a little more on what you can do to help yourself. Yeah. There was a woman in the book who wrote about having a daughter with a disability and how from when this child was born all the way up now through 15 years, she's had this disabled daughter who had trouble in school and all these problems, but it was kind of a private pain because her daughter looked perfectly normal. And so nobody really realized the the pain the mom and dad were going through because it wasn't as dramatic or all in your face as something that just happens once and then it's over with. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, so what, what you're saying is we can go back into denial if it's long-term. We can, yeah. yeah. I almost think the long-term ones are harder. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. That's a good point. Yep. So it really is the whole journey is, is really is sort of staying focused and staying on top of the overcoming that mm-hmm. circumstance would be sort of staying on top of what's really going on. Yes. Yep, inside you. Okay. That's a real good point. All right. Well, you know, I think what, what we're doing is talking to listeners who may be currently going through some difficulty that seems like it's insurmountable. Um, so if you had just a few things to say to these listeners, what would you say? Oh, I would, I would definitely want to just give you a hug with my words and let you know how much people care about you. And know that there's courage and strength inside of you that you haven't used yet. And to just reach out to other people for help, whether it's a therapist or a good friend or a minister, talk to somebody about how you're feeling because your feelings really are important. And just to know that it's important to take care of yourself. Get enough sleep, get some exercise, eat decently. If you can take care of you, you'll have more brain power and strength to face your challenge. Very good. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Well, we'll be back in just a few more minutes to talk with Lynn Clapel one more time about overcoming. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, (laughs) no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at SkillsUSA.org. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for the final segment, talking today to Lynn Clapel about her book, Overcomers Incorporated. 
But I want to tell you what's coming up next week uh, before we go any further because I want to make sure that you know that you cannot miss this next show. Next week, we're very honored to get the opportunity to talk to Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes about her newly released audio called The Dangerous Old Woman. She's the author of The Women Who Run With the Wolves, and um, so this is going to be a unique opportunity. She's sort of come out of underground where she's been uh, hiding away to, to write for many years, and we're going to get to be one of the first people to talk to her. So you do not want to miss this one. And uh, I want to also offer our listeners an opportunity, Lynn, to, to find out more about you, how they can contact you, the kinds of things you're doing. So you want to tell us about that now? Well, first I want to say I'm going to be listening next week because I love her. She's a fantastic author. Yes, she is. She I'll is. be listening in. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. If, if if people are interested in the Overcomers, Inc. book, we have a website at www.overcomersbook.com. And on that site, you can download a free ebook and also see pictures of all the people that are participating in the book and learn some more about them. So if people are, are curious about the folks profiled and who they are and what they look like, that's a good spot to uh, learn more about the book. Okay, and that's overcomersbook.com. Yes. Okay. All right, and uh, your Book Bites Talk Radio can be found at bookbitestalkradio.com. Yes, so if anybody's an aspiring author out there and wants just some information and inspiration on writing books, that's a free resource that will really give you some good support in, in your writer's journey. Right. And I understand that's what you do. You, you do help writers to, to write their books and to you help them find a way to write it and also help them try to publish it as well? Yes, I, I love books, and I love helping people find their voice and put it in book format. So if you're curious about that, you can go to loveyourlifepublishing.com. And there's some free stuff there that'll be of interest to you if you're a book person. Okay, great, great. I think we might have some aspiring authors in our listening audience today. All right, so now we, what we want to do sort of to close out the show is just talk a little bit about the kinds of things that... Um, that we do have to overcome and what we do to overcome. We've talked a lot today about um, some positive thinking, becoming more objective, doing more to feed the soul, reaching out to other people, and getting to that point of disgust where we finally just say enough is enough already, singing and dancing and getting into some religious practices. And so that's where I want to go right now is is we both know that so many times people get really angry at, excuse me, at God or the universe or whatever it is that they hold as their higher power. And uh, I want to talk just a little bit about that as part of the process of overcoming, if you will. You know, I think that brings us to the whole idea of forgiveness. Whenever you're really going through a terrible challenge, you're angry at yourself, you're angry at other people, you're angry at God, you're angry at everything, and you want to blame somebody or something for causing this problem. A real key step to overcoming is being able to forgive. Not only other people, but forgive yourself. Right, right. And we can even forgive God for being, for our, the universe, for allowing these yeah. things to happen. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That process, that forgiveness is a, is a very difficult process that has a yeah. stages of its own, too, does it not? It, it takes a long time. Yeah. And sometimes, a lot of times, you'll need some help with it, somebody to guide you through that process, because it's kind of hard to let go of all that hurt and anger and just forgive it. But it, it will heal you and free you when you do. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, a big part of that whole idea is that we think life is supposed to go a certain way for us, and when it doesn't, we're mad. <laughs> we are. We are. We're like, come on now. Yeah. This isn't yeah. what I signed up for. Exactly. Exactly. And so we, we, we're like, wait, wait, now, I'm not supposed to be suffering this way. Mm-hmm. And My life's supposed to be perfect, like TV. Or not even perfect, just, you know, not this. Yeah. You know? And we, we just, we, we tend to think that we have the idea of how it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And we might not. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's where I think we get to eventually when we go through this process of sort of acceptance or forgiveness is to be able to say, um, 
okay, it was the way it was because that's the way it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and that doesn't put blame or anything on God or the universe or whatever. It just basically says, you know, I gained something from this, and so you know, I'm going to take that as a you know a gift for me. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think life is school, and the lessons that we have to learn come to us in different ways. Sometimes they come through easy things, joyful things, and sometimes they come to us through pain and sorrow. But all of them are designed to help us learn and grow stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and personally, when I look back on my own life and try to ask myself, could it have been any different when I've gone through something particularly difficult, if I ask myself, could it have been any different and had me learn the same lesson? And the answer I come to is, no, I don't think it could have. I don't yeah. think I would have gotten it any other way. Mm-hmm. And, I agree. Uh, I think that's quite quite creative of us as mm-hmm. we co-create the universe to come up with this the specific things that would get us to learn the specific things we need to learn. It is. And I'm like, wow, why did I pick this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And and so hindsight is twenty twenty. Of course, when we've gotten through, we've gone to the other side. But what I hear you saying more than anything else today is it isn't just time that heals us. It it is really working with it. Yes, that's perfectly put, Andrea. It it takes work, and it takes time and prayer and other people. Right. Right. Really investing in it, just the same way we would in our happiness. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's it's major for us to really choose to and I think that's part of that what you said about doing more to f- to feed the soul, reaching out more, getting to that point of disgust. Those things like we said were our choices and if we're willing to make the kind of choices that will get us to the other side, then we will get to the other side and we will look back on it. That is so true. There's nothing that will completely defeat you unless you let it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think when we're talking about that whole idea of being alone, um, we, you mentioned earlier that so many times we do feel so alone when we're going through something like mm-hmm. this. And I really think that's very true. And we feel different. We feel alien from other people as well, that other people just wouldn't understand if we tried to tell them. Yeah. What you're saying today is that everyone goes through this, and we do. Mm-hmm. We do all get it. It's very universal. Well, thank you, Lynn, so much for coming to talk with us today. I know that our listening audience has gained something from from our talk, and I really do appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you, Andrea. I enjoyed it immensely. Okay. And remember, everyone out there, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.